My name is David Cortman. I am the lead counsel for the petitioners in the Arizona Christian School Tuition Organization versus Win case. First of all, quickly what the case is about is a challenge brought by state taxpayers against Arizona's tuition program where they allow donations made by private taxpayers to 501c3s that are set up called school tuition organizations or STOs. These STOs then receive applications for scholarships from parents and then direct those scholarship money given by the private donations to schools of their choice. And the issue here, as narrowed throughout the case, is that it violates the Establishment Clause because some of the STOs are only affiliated with religious schools. Turning first to the standing issue, because obviously the court has to reach that issue before it reaches any other issue, is that it's our position there is no standing on behalf of any of the plaintiffs in this case on their basis of a taxpayer status. Generally speaking, there is no general citizen standing and there is no general taxpayer standing. There are some exceptions to that, mainly the uh, FLAST exception. And FLAST basically said if there is an extraction and spending of the taxpayer's money in support of religion uh, under certain circumstances, there would be standing. This case, though, we would see if, if standing was granted as an expansion of FLAST for several reasons. Number one, here, uh, there is no taxing at all. What there is is a decision not to tax in part, which we believe is, is completely uh, different on several fronts that we'll discuss. Number two, there is no spending by the government of any money. We don't believe that a, a, a lack of, of collecting 100% of money is the same as the government spending it. And third of all, there is no plaintiff's taxpayer money at issue here, where the issue in FLAS was there had to be an extraction and spending of the plaintiff's money. Uh, there is no money at all of the plaintiffs involved in this case. So what that basically leads to is that there is no personal injury, and that's what's required to find standing. There has to be direct and concrete, and it cannot be the same as everyone else and all other taxpayers, and that's exactly the problem that we have here. Any alleged injury by the respondents is the same exact injury suffered by any other taxpayer. The injury that's claimed in the complaint is a reduction in the state revenue that's collected. Uh, there are several problems with that. Number one, it is certainly speculative at best, according to all the studies and the uh, Daimler-Chrysler case. That's because it cannot be definitively stated whether these tax credits actually increase the revenues by, uh, number one, saving the government money on public school expenses, which is about $10,000 per year per student, and also because it increases other economic activity in the, the private school, ordering books, hiring teachers, expanding facilities, those type of things. But also, too, that would expand taxpayer standing well beyond FLAST because it would extend to every decision by any legislature to tax anything less than 100%. Respondents argue, for example, that not taxing is the same as taxing and then spending. Uh, we certainly think that's a problem because any decision not to tax 100% of income would be collecting less revenue than possibly could be, whether that's credits, deductions, personal exemptions, uh, tax brackets set at certain levels, uh, that certainly um, would equate and would expand standing well beyond what it was meant to be. And related to the uh, merits of the Establishment Clause claim, we believe this is a fairly simple and straightforward case, uh, especially when precedent is examined. Cases like uh, Zellman and Mueller and Witters and Zobrest uh, clearly state that in order to have a problem, number one, there must be no secular purpose. Here, every court, including the Ninth Circuit, uh, has found there to be 
uh, a, the secular purpose of increasing educational choices. What was unprecedented by the Ninth Circuit, though, was saying that somehow, because private citizens make decisions to send the majority of the money to religious schools, that that can somehow retroactively undo the secular purpose by the government entity that passed the law in the first place, and there's certainly no precedent for that. Number two, it has to be the government who advances religion, and in this case, we don't have that at all. Any advancement of religion, which first of all, we believe is factually inaccurate, uh, has to be done by the government. Here, the program is completely neutral. It allows private citizens, in fact, all taxpayers, then private STOs, and then parents to make the decisions and there is certainly no government advancing of religion based on all of the case law. Uh, the other thing that's important too is certainly there are a larger percentage of religious private schools than secular private schools so uh, immediately you're going to have more of the money just percentage wise uh, going to religious schools and that certainly is the case here. The fact that certain STOs are associated only with religious schools is not problematic for several reasons. Number one, again, it's private choice not government choice. Uh, number two, there are many STOs that are only affiliated with secular schools. And if uh, respondents' argument uh, were to carry the day, those secular, atheistic, humanistic, as some of the uh, amicus uh, briefs pointed out, they would be required to give to religious schools. And I think that would certainly not be amenable to them uh, either. So that is a, a nutshell of the case. We are certainly looking forward to um, the court's decision here. And it is our certainly our hope that the uh, court will decide that the plaintiffs in this case do not have standing. And if they happen to reach the merits, we'll find it consistent with the Establishment Clause test. Thank you, and I appreciate your time.